Hi, this is Dr. Rod Story with Mirror Medicine. Glad to be back in the Cross Politics studio. Once again, I have Jenny Story as my co-host today. Glad to have you, my dear. Hello. We're going to talk about something that's near and dear to our, our hearts, free, what we call free market medicine. What does that mean to you? Oh, free market medicine. Well, we just got back from a conference in Dallas uh, with the Free Market Medical Association, and uh, it was a fantastic conference. So obviously this is a thing that's bigger than Story Family Medicine or Rod and Jenny Story. I'm so thankful it is bigger than us. Yes. Uh, free market basically is this idea that, um, that medicine has gotten ridiculously entangled with uh, both insurance and government. To the place that it actually is losing its ability to care well for people right. and to do so in a really cost-thoughtful way. So free market, what does that mean to you when you think about that as an alternative? I think it's almost easier to think of um, the, the opposite and what, what free market is not. Mm. And free market um, is not the, the only market where you pay for something through a third party, but you never know the true cost or you never have a choice of who you're working with. Um, so basically that sounds a bit like everything else that we buy. Yeah, right. So imagine this scenario as you buy a car and you go to the car dealership and um, you know, you're, you're talking with the salesman, you know you want a car, you know you, you, know you need a car, and the car salesman says, um, well, I'm not exactly sure what this car is going to cost. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to show it to you beforehand. And um, just trust me, trust me on this. Well, and to, trust me too that we really only have three models. Right. And it's got a bunch of things on it that you probably will never use, but we need to include them because the government said we needed to include those options. Or insurance said we needed to include these. Yeah. And uh, at the end of the day, you may have a copay, but we don't know. Yeah, we're not quite sure, but I need you to commit to it. And um, in the end, you will be financially responsible for this. Ready to go? Well, and thankfully, you've been spending thousands of dollars, maybe uh, 15 to 20, I think, is the average for health care. Uh, man, if we apply that to the purchase of a car, you know. It gets crazy. It's kind of the, yeah. uh, I've heard it said, when you when you use insurance to pay for everything in medicine, you basically are covering health care like every year is your worst year ever. Right. And right. of course, you know, we have those things. Insurance is to cover our, our, our high knees in case things get really deep, keep our family from going bankrupt, which is which is a real thing in, in the medical world. But man, it sure makes um, getting medical care hard. Is it getting worse? Oh, it feels like it's getting worse. When we when we have um, a good portion of our patients in our in our in our clinic, we're fortunate to say pay for their own health care uh, because they use us as direct primary care or they have health share ministries, right. which are wonderful to work with and don't really nickel and dime us. Uh, the patient really is, uh, the member of those things is really in charge. But when we have patients who say, well, what about my health insurance? I want to use that. Right. What does that look like when we're caring for those patients? It's very complicated. Mm. Um, we are willing to dive into it on, on their behalf, um, but it's, it's, it's like trying to hit a moving target that's changing constantly. The rules are changing. What's included, what's not included. Uh, it's, it is impossible for one person to understand. What I find is just in the, in the, really in the practical aspect of taking care of people that are right in front of me and working and saying, okay, I think you need these labs oh, we need to check with your insurance to see whether that's covered. And then 
hey, I think you need this medicine. This is, I think we should talk about this. Here's, here's the, here's the reasons why. Here's the health condition you're working through. Here's, here's why this is the best medicine for you. And then the patient takes it to the pharmacy, and the pharmacy says, sorry, your insurance denied it. Right, right. Or even better yet, um, we get a call from the pharmacy um, or the specialist saying that it needs a prior authorization. Yeah. And I, I think that there might be a gap in, um, in patient understanding of how complicated that is and what that means for, for your provider. For us, it can mean hours on the phone. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating. Literally, Literally hours. hours. Yeah. Yeah. Or yep. get to the end of one phone conversation. They say, oh, sorry, this wasn't the phone you should call. Right. You need to get on the website go through the website and then the website says, sorry, you need to get back on the phone with this other. Yeah. And by, by and large, the person we're talking to on the other end, bless their heart. Yep. Is not medical, right. but is sitting in front of a computer and requiring us to check some box boxes before they take what I as a physician say, this is right and good for this patient. And the patient says, yes, I want I want this treatment. I want this right. approach. I want this referral. I want this image. And at the end of the day, oftentimes insurance says, sorry, uh, we're yeah. going to say no. So um, you just said that you think it's getting worse. I th- from an administrative perspective um, at our clinic, I think it's getting worse. Uh, but how did we get here? Well, you know, we've, we've, we've had insurance as a driver of healthcare for a long time, um, mostly because uh, in the 1940s and 50s, uh, there was a price freeze on people being able to uh, uh, increase their salary in wartime. Right. And so there was the idea that well maybe we can give a benefit as part of your employment and and not and not become, increase your salary yeah liable to that federal law that says we can't increase this right now so right. you got these benefits to the local hospital and the hospitals loved it because they felt like they had this guaranteed partner or stream of income um, and and by and large early on the insurance was just kind of a pass through they were just kind of kind of providing a way for for payment and source. What but then seeing, I yeah, feel like we need the ominous music. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> really, since uh, Obamacare or what they call the, call the Affordable Care Act uh, in 2010, we've seen just a huge um, government push into healthcare. Government basically saying to physicians, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna require you to see more patients for less money." Um, we're seeing hospitals being told there's no other place you can do to get financing for healthcare. There's no more charity care. There's no more grants. You just have to get money directly from the government. We've just seen that um, lead to huge consolidation and a growth in uh, physicians leaving independent practices and and basically being said, I just can't make it on my own anymore. I, I need to go to the hospital and and say, will you buy my practice? Will right. you run this all? Fi- financially, it's not sustainable. Yeah. And, and we think that that's, that's a really sad moment. Mm-hmm. When we went independent four years ago, and we did that for moral reasons, we right. wanted to make sure that we could be able to care for patients and not be forced to um, participate in transgendering. That was what was happening at our local hospital. And we said, I, we just need to step out of medicine. When we did that with the direct primary care model, which lets us be completely independent of insurance and government mandates and all sorts of requirements, we had no idea that COVID was coming. Right. No clue. No clue. Yeah. And then we saw COVID coming with all these, what do you know, the government pays the bills so they get to make the requirements, they get to make the decisions. Even to the point now that physicians um, cannot receive money from the federal government unless they have chosen... Uh, have certified that they've had the COVID vaccine. 
Right. Yeah. We had, we had no idea how important it was going to be to be independent. We also saw that, that locally, um, as decisions were being made locally in our, in our community, we, we saw that there was a, a call from the local hospitals where they formed a local advisory committee with, with physicians in the community. And we were like, man, I guess we didn't get invited to that. Wait a minute. They didn't ask you? <laughs> no, I, 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 I've kind of uh, no longer on a lot of committees. Uh, I guess uh, I, I say too much. Um, but, but what we did discover is that, that all the physicians that were being invited to these committees that were being, um, being formed to, inc- uh, to inform our local politicians or local city councils on how they should handle uh, COVID that they were basically all employed by the hospital. Seems like a major conflict of interest. Well, even I, I, I really take that these physicians were doing their best to of navigate course. a really challenging yeah, circumstance. Of course. But the challenge is if you're employed by the hospital and the hospital has shut you down for months on end because the government mandated that you were that you were non-essential for your surgeries that you're providing, your procedures for the care you were doing. And then they open up and they say, well, should we require all these things that you do? You're like, yeah, please, uh, whatever you want me to do to keep open, I'll do it because at the end of the day, you are the source of my paycheck. Right. Uh, that is... That, You're the one keeping the doors open. Well, and, and we just, we completely lost independent voices to be able to have conversations, honest conversations about, is this right and good, how we're, how we're approaching this? And COVID is just one way that we're seeing this grow. Right, uh, exactly. Hospital systems, and now we're seeing not just clinics that have been bought by hospitals and hospitals that are run essentially by insurance companies, insurance companies that are almost entirely are government funded. Wow, you really have a very tight pipeline from the top all the way to an invasion of the physician-patient relationship. Wow. Uh, if I haven't scared you and, and convinced <laughs> you that maybe you should find a direct primary cl- clinic, uh, boy, we, we love the way that we get to practice medicine. And, and we're going to make a call to all of our physician and nurse practitioner and PA colleagues or pharmacists. Have you considered going independent? Because it's good out here. It's so good to step out. Um, because ultimately, uh, whoever pays the bills gets to pull the strings. Right. And we're thankful really in our model that it's really our members, our patients who we're beholden to. They pay our bills and we give them care. And there's not a middleman. There's no government in between. So some good news. Yeah, good news. Is that there are people out there um, that are recognizing what's going on. And... Um, yeah, what did you see? What, uh, yeah. We, we, we've, we've been part of uh, free market medicine or direct primary care is one aspect of that for about four years, thinking right. hard about this. Uh, and we and now going to a, a, a conference four years later, what did it look like? Uh, it was encouraging. Mm. There was a lot of people there. Uh, and it wasn't just direct primary care. We were a small portion of it, actually. I'd say maybe 10% of the attendants were, mm. were direct primary care. Uh, but this was specialists. This was uh, free market ho- free market surgery centers. Um, that are established and new ones that are starting. These are um, orthopedic surgeons. These are... Um, uh, you know what I saw was pharmacy pharma- uh, uh, Right. Yeah, the pharmacy pharmacies. benefit managers yeah. who are stepping out of this crazy kickback right. system that receives money from the pharmaceutical companies if they push certain meds to right. certain formularies. And, and the whole thing is crazy inflated cost. 
And these guys are saying, I don't want to be part of that anymore. Right. And they're creating these alternate systems that actually bring real costs and, and at the end of the day can actually offer things for a fraction of what most insurance plans are paying for them. There was third-party um, brokers mm. there. Um, I feel like I, I learned a whole new vocabulary. Those guys have there. usually been like, "Oh, direct primary care, you don't make us money." Right. They but won't. What did you see? They won't usually the have anything to do with us. Uh, the third-party administrators that were there, um, I do think they they represent a small percentage mm-hmm. of third-party administrators. But encouraging to know that there are third-party administrators out there that are working on behalf of. Um, independently funded, self-funded companies, mm-hmm. and finding these free market medicine alternatives to Obamacare. And I think, honestly, that here, here we are. We're really small. Right. We're hyper-local. We've got 2,500 patients that we care for in Moscow, Idaho. Right. And, and we love what we get to do. Sometimes we feel very vulnerable, like we're the tip of the spear. Um, and yet, when we, the most encouraging testimonies were, were businesses, middle-sized businesses, 50 yep. employees, 200 employees, that are taking these steps out of the insurance market and into the self-funded market and talking about their amazing cash savings, their improved care for their for their employees. Incredible access. Incredible access as they join direct primary care, which they saw as essential to what they were doing, to these benefit managers who understand and are not receiving really Dirty kickbacks. money, and yeah. kickbacks, and 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 hidden funds within it, and our uh, and then the companies themselves are like, yeah, it's a little scary, but once we learned that we can take on a bit of risk, year after year, as we actually have our patients cared for better, at a better cost, it just compounds into a, a wholly different system. Right. It- an incredible perspective. You know, we Very the, encouraging. Yeah, we started the com- conversation with how bad government health care is getting and how government health care really is becoming the norm for Medicare, Medicaid, but even private insurances, most of which are now right. getting their dictates and their pattern of care from the federal government. When you step out of that, it's amazing how cost-effective and remarkable you can be just to return back to the medicine that we used to have in this country. Innovative, um, free enterprise is, is oftentimes the conversations used for free market, but it's it's not a it's not a naughty thing. It's a No, it's not, isn't it? No. The, that competition encourages excellence. We saw it from uh, some friends of ours, the Oklahoma Surgery Center uh, in Oklahoma City where they have uh, basically, they've said, we only deal with physicians, surgeons who will offer their services for a cash price. Right. And they now have, um, do you remember how many surgeons they had involved? Oh my goodness, I don't quote me on this, mm. but I'm gonna say like 200, 300 surgeons that Amazing. are involved. All the way from ear, nose and throat surgeons yeah. to uh, gynecologists that are doing specialty surgery to general surgeon. And we've had our own patients who have made the trip, and I'm hoping to interview one in a couple of weeks, who have just had fantastic experiences because once you remove the government from this, you realize that giving, uh, having a business that strives to both cost effectiveness and and excellence in their care, where well, that turns out to be the very best conjunction for a patient. Right. Who, who wouldn't want to have a business say, hey, I want to do this better than I did last year and better than the year before. And guess what? I want to try and do it more cost efficiently so I can keep my prices low. Man, when we're seeing inflation going crazy and yet 
like they they were talking, a lot of their costs have really been very stable over years and years. So we have to put a plug in here for our good friends mm. um, that are starting up the Veritas Surgery Center here in Moscow. Yes, Dr. Uh, Matthew Abraham and his partner, uh, Daniel Fukushan, um, are, are hoping to reproduce that same success that is happening now in, in Indiana and several other places around the United States right here in Moscow, Idaho, to create this uh, opportunity for both excellence and cost savings. They really want to partner with what we see locally, which is a lot of people who are stepping out of health insurance and doing health shares or just having businesses that are saying, hey, we're just going to pay for this out of pocket. Right. We want to join with that, not only for cost savings, but for excellence. And I, and I see that coming as well. Really exciting. So, you know, ultimately, when we step out, I was really pleased in the Free Market Medical Association to get a sense and to meet many different brothers and sisters in Christ. That was encouraging, surprising. Well, uh, not surprising. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, isn't it funny? I mean, obviously, the people who are all about uh, personal liberty, yep. all about dignity in medicine, all about uh, working hard and giving excellence, Many of those people are motivated by their belief in Christ and the Holy Spirit working. And this is just a, it should be, I mean, it, it should be that case in everything we do, right? Christians should have the best parties. Mm -hmm. We should have the, uh, the, the best most, wine. <laughs> oh yeah, the best wine, the most enthusiastic uh, hospitality, um, the, the most joyful families. Not because we're, we're uh, slaving at it or working at it, but because we have uh, Christ's Spirit in our hearts motivating us towards these things, more motivating towards excellence. And I, and I think that as Christians, yes, free market is exactly the, the best fit and because of a couple of things. As humans, we know that we have dignity uh, and, that, and that dignity extends to a dominion. God has given us a world to live in, to use, to care for well, and that dominion should carry out. And that dominion is, is, is something that should bear fruit. That fruit should be a blessing to us and to our families and to our neighbors and to our communities. Mm -hmm. That is, in essence, what free market is. It really is also, at the end of the day, that we're responsible before God for our actions. We're responsible to do right unto our neighbors. We're responsible to speak truthfully and faithfully in love, as we've talked about on this on podcast. Uh, and that, I believe, again, is a, at its essence a, a, a free market approach, a sense that we are responsible, not the government, Right. Not the insurance companies. Yes. Right. Not not any number of invisible people in, in the system uh, that we that would, not the hospital administrator, not, I mean, you could just go at the end of the list of people who are currently insinuating into the patient-physician relationship. Uh, but it's just, just me and my accountability for God to do right by you. Um, and, and, and we have this, this physical world that's, that's, Good, very good when it comes to marriage, said so by God, broken, but also being renewed, um, being, being bought back by a, 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 a Christ who poured out his blood for, for all of mankind. <laughs> and we, love, we love seeing God's kingdom grow, mm -hmm. and we think that that is, in essence, a part of it is, is using our gifts and our talents. Um, sometimes that's our financial resources. Sometimes that's our time, uh, our energy to do, to build and to grow and to, and to make things. At the end of the day, hey, we love what we do. Man, uh, four years now we've been doing direct primary care. What are some of the things that you think has brought a, uh, a change for us? 
Um, well, I think that uh, when I come away from that conference, um, I, I have a bigger sense of uh, business ownership mm. and as a bit and the potential that business owners have to really make some big changes. Mm. Uh, independent businesses yeah. and, and the, the opportunity they have. Um, it's incredible. And that was the encouraging thing, again, is that there's many more people than just our little tiny clinic in Moscow, Idaho, right. laboring at this, trying to swim upstream. So I think that when you say, what's, what are the changes that I see, yeah. um, that, that would be a big one. Um, we started with a pretty narrow focus of just providing care uh, for our small community yeah. here, um, and now realizing that this is, this is much bigger. The opportunities here are large. Being independent... Um, also allows us to be faithful, um, to be able to say no to things that we know are breaking medicine. And, and a lot of what we're talking about here on on, uh, on mere medicine really is about how to walk faithfully and how to encourage our brothers and sisters in Christ to pay attention to what's happening in medicine, but also to know that there is a, there is a unique difference. So if you are listening to us and you're a, a medical person, there is a way out. Right. Uh, and we're talking about the, the Dr. Abraham, who's starting a surgery practice, uh, a little scary. Right. Uh, and, we, and man, we're praying for him and, and rooting Cheering hard. Cheering him on, yeah. But, but we recognize that running a business has been both a risk, but an amazing blessing. And you can have a, a independent practice. And there are ways of, of funding that, that really get back to a very direct way. And for us, that's a membership model. There's quite a few different ways to do that, but we'd encourage uh, people who are in the medical field, um, talk, talk to people, go, go Googling, get out there. Uh, we talked to many people around the United States that are starting these direct primary cares who are saying, wow, we see what you guys have done. Did you guys have magic? No, uh, we just worked hard. I think finally, if you, um, we just spoke with, if, if you are in the medical field, what we would encourage you to mm. do, but how about if you're a business owner, if mm. you, if you own a business? Well, it's, it's, there's a, I think for for business. I'm gonna start over. <coughs> you know, you and I are having these conversations more and more. But when I think about business owners, what I think is first off just recognizing you do have options. Right. And and, and that's that's not a message that's being sent as we think about the Affordable Care Act and the and the requirement that they have for. Um, businesses over 50 that they have to give health care or cover health insurance for their employees. Well, and then it has to be Affordable Care Act compliant. So not just that you have to provide care and coverage for your employees, but it has to be a certain type of, of, of insurance to qualify yeah. for this. What we came away with is that actually an awareness legally, there are quite a few um, uh, federal laws that actually provide amazing workarounds for, for businesses to be able to jump in and do that. Um, and, and if you want to uh, find out more, please text us uh, or, or connect with, with Mirror Medicine through CrossPolitik, and we'll, we'll provide you some, some initial directions and some third-party administrators who are, who are doing this, who are providing these, these uh, understanding to businesses who are saying, man, not only can we not keep up with this crazy cost, uh, and I bet we're going to see 20 to 25% uh, increases Increase. in, in insurance this next time around. Yeah. Um, but we don't want to pay for this. We don't want to pay for abortion. We don't want to pay for transgendering. And it's ridiculously expensive. And at the end of the day, we get we get offered to our employees this this high deductible plan that 
that they don't even use anyways. Right. Nobody says, oh, I love our health benefit package. <laughs> right. Uh, and yet we, like we talked about, man, we heard business after business say, we love what we've done when we've done the, uh, we've, we've connected with a local direct primary care. We've got a, uh, a, a benefits manager and, and a uh, pharmacy manager really understand that we're stepping out and doing something different and we don't have any any fear that they're smarmy or, or uh, receiving money behind them. But man, what we also heard was it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Uh, you're, you're stepping out of the current paradigm mm-hmm. and you're going to need to do some research mm-hmm. um, and work hard on it. But isn't insurance a ton of work? Mm. And, and putting that benefit package together every single year where they come to you and they say, well, we're going to lower your benefits, but we're also going to increase your cost. Congratulations. Yes. You still have coverage. And you think, in what world is that okay? So um, there, there, is, there is a way out. There's hope. There is a way out. Well, as we wrap up with Mere Medicine here talking about free market uh, medicine, let me leave you with this. Um, you are a child of God and you've been given dominion and that dominion extends to your family. It extends to your finances and that dominion is worth hanging on to. If you are in a situation where you feel like you're beholden to, to people in the practice of medicine that shouldn't be there in the, in the exam room, um, but are, are really controlling it, it's, it's time to step out. And, and, and uh, I'm sure you're feeling the squeeze. You can do this. We've done it. We've seen many others do it. And we're, and we're really pleased to see that there's a growing real alternative. Reach out. Uh, reach out to us or others. Uh, let me uh, finish by uh, praying for you. Father, we thank you uh, for your wisdom. We thank you that you're redeeming our world. We thank you that that redemption isn't just our souls, but our bodies, our minds, our work, our families, uh, the things that you've given us to do with our hands. And Father, we ask that you be glorified as we seek for your kingdom. 